welcome back to the Fantasy Football Heroes Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ernesto Santana, and I am joined by my co-host, Aaron Bergeron. What's up? <laughs> uh, this week, we have our top 10 tight ends, some news and notes, uh, and we're actually going to start off with a quick question. Who is a must-have player this season for you, a player that you are willing to pick up in every draft, someone that you're willing to reach for, um, who you got, Wayne? All right. Um, the Chargers defense, every draft, I end up with this, these guys. Solid um, they are really good defense, sneaky good. I think we mentioned them last week we as like a, uh, a very good defensive team. I feel like a lot of people are, you know, picking Chicago. Um, one thing about me is that I always stream defenses um and week one chargers are home which i always feel like week one you always want a defense that's home it's a lot of unknowns but the only certainty that you really have is that the home team will have an advantage of some sort chargers good defense and they're playing the colts which andrew luck has question marks still i think he's going to have a good year but i think there's some health concerns and the colts still have some offensive line issues um i I like the Chargers defense week one, and when you're picking a defense in the last round, um, people like Chicago, those guys are going to go early and first, and maybe even people reach for them in the later rounds. Chargers are more middle of the pack, but I think for a week one pick, I really like the Chargers, and I end up picking them in most of my drafts just because I feel like it's a good defense that people don't really think of as good just yet, and they have a really good week one matchup for me, especially with so many unknowns in week one. I like the Chargers defense, but but I'm also thinking that that's probably not what you definitely were not what I was thinking for a, a must have player. Um, I love the Chargers defense. Mentioned him last week uh, in my dispute against Keenan Allen, um, but uh, I was thinking it's funny though because uh, Keenan Allen and Ty Hilton play each other week one, so uh, that's great. It will, uh, right. it, things will shake out that first week. Things will shake <laughs> out that first week. For a more serious pick from me, I can do that. Um, I really like Christian Kirk. He's one of those receivers that I feel like I always end up having. I just love the situation that he's in. (sighs) Arizona's going to bounce back. Kyler Murray, who's number one draft pick, he's going to be throwing the ball to someone that he played college with. Um, Obviously, Fitzgerald's still there, and he's going to catch a volume of the passes, but I really like Christian Kirk to break out as the number two. Um, he's in an offense that he ran in college. He's got a QB throwing to him that he's used to. Um, he's just basically in this perfect situation. And I just, if you see tape of this kid, he's he's got the talent. And I, I just like everything about him. I feel like I end up drafting him. I have a lot of hope for him. And I think he's going to break out this year as a really good um, wide receiver too. And I feel like I like where he's going in drafts that I'm willing to go a little higher and pick him as a flyer. And I think that he'll surprise some people this year. He's sort of like my uh, wild card pick that I pick in most of my drafts because I just feel like I like what he's got, and I think people are underrating him. He's just he's in the same offense that he was in college. Great QB. He's with a coach who likes to air the ball out, so I just I feel like he's going to have a lot of good opportunities this year. That's my guy. Yeah, he sh- he showed flashes last season, uh, mm-hmm. so I think especially with with Murray under Kingsbury. Um, I think Christian Kirk is going to have a great year. Um, I'm going a little bit higher in the draft, uh, and it's it's a guy that I'm almost exclusively taking 
in the third round. Um, and that's, that's David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears coming in as a running back. Everyone uh, coming out of this draft was touting Josh Jacobs going to Oakland. He was going and just getting into the starting running back job. And for whatever reason, uh, Josh Jacobs was outshining David Montgomery. But David Montgomery posted uh, thousand yard seasons his sophomore and junior in uh, college. Um, he racked up twenty six touchdowns on the ground, averaged four point seven a carry. He has three three down back capabilities. You're going into Matt Nagy's system um, where they ran the ball the eighth most as far as percentage of their attempts were rushing attempts. And I think them shipping out Jordan Howard, they have Tariq Cohen, and yes, they brought in Mike Davis um, from Seattle. But I think David Montgomery has been butchering people in camp. He is an absolute beast. And I think he's got the ability to finish top 10 this season. He's definitely a guy that I'm willing to reach for um, in the third round. Uh, if it comes down to it, if, if I'm in the, uh, the back, the front side of the turn in the third round, um, hands, hands down, I'm reaching for him. He's usually going around the back half of the third beginning of the fourth. Uh, but I, I really think that as preseason moves along here, you're going to see his ADP rise into the second round just because he is that kind of talent. Yeah. I, I, I think, especially with the Bears game plan of their defensive team and they're going to want to control the clock. Um, Montgomery's going to get the ball a lot and he definitely has the talent to break away. I think mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen, you know, has obviously shown signs of greatness, but I think Montgomery's a very hot rookie that I think everything I've heard coming out of training camp says that they're excited about him and they definitely like to run the ball a lot. So I think Cohen and Montgomery both get a lot of carries just because of the way they're game plan is and uh i think the more talented running back obviously is going to run away with the ball and get the points and the touchdowns so i certainly think montgomery has that potential as well oh yeah he's must have in that third round that's uh, you can you can bet every dollar you have that that's who i'm going for in the third round so those those were our must-have players um no, uh, two of our must-have players going into this season. I'm sure we'll talk about those in a little more depth in a future oh, but, episode here. But what about the Chargers' defense? Oh, uh, and 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 one of the must-have defenses going into 2019. Um, we're going to breeze through the news and notes. It was a, a quiet week. Um, not too much went on. You had the Texans releasing Deonta Foreman. He was quickly picked up off the waivers today, actually, by the Indianapolis Colts. I don't really see that having too much of an impact. I think Marlon Mack did did plenty to secure his role in that offense. I think Hines did plenty to secure his role in that offense. So I think this was more more or less just the depth play. Um, I didn't really adjust any any anything as far as either of their values with uh with the addition of foreman so i don't don't know if you thought too much into it um no i think maybe depending on who they pick up because i feel like houston is still being rumored to try and pick up another running back sort of be a secondary depending on who they pick up i feel like it might boost lamar miller just because especially towards the end of last year 
uh, Deonta Freeman definitely, or Foreman, sorry, um, busted into his sort of carries. I feel like we saw a lot of them, and he got a couple touchdowns as well. So, I don't know. I feel like Lamar Miller is still a good talent, and that game plan that they run, you know, they like to mix it up, run the ball, pass the ball, and Lamar Miller could potentially benefit depending on who they get, but there's not enough information at this point to really say whether he goes up or down for me. I I liked Lamar Miller where he is uh, ADP wise. Uh, he's going as the 29th running back off of the off the board as of right now. He's been top 20 every season. He's he's put up a thousand yards every season, uh, yards from scrimmage every season. Sure. So he's he's definitely a, a sneaky stash that uh, that I'm picking up in later rounds as well. Um, so I think depending on who, if they bring someone in, who's, who's, who's a name and not, not as much of a talent, I think that'll hurt his ADP, um, enough to where it, you know, I'll benefit from it. If that makes sense. Sure. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's go ahead and get into these tight ends. I mean, you have me. a big gun. You are not the big gun. Tony, don't be oh. jealous. No, it's subtle. All the bells and whistles. Yeah. It's called being a badass. Fine. Uh, starting things off is Travis Kelsey, um, your number one overall tight end from last season, 103 receptions on 150 targets, 1,336 yards, and 10 touchdowns. He's your number one tight end three years in a row, and he's he's the target leader in the Kansas State Chiefs offense, uh, You know, arguably locked in for a top three offense this season. When it when it comes to tight ends, it's it's Travis Kelsey, and then <laughs> these next two guys, give or take, that we're going to talk about, and then it's everyone else. Travis Kelsey in the tight end category, he is he's in a tier of his own. He's the only tight end that I recommend pulling before you know anywhere near the third round. So, what more can you say about Travis Kelsey? Um, I guess I I, I want to take a step back just to start and say that like tight end is such a weird position for me. Um, I feel like as the season gets closer to starting and we have a couple more podcasts, we'll sort of talk about me and Ernesto's draft styles. But um, typically if I can't get one of these three guys, I'm not even going to bother. I feel like, like Ernesto said, these guys are in a tier of their own and Travis Kelsey to me is in an, his own tier like these other two guys are good but travis kelsey has proved for the last five years that he's a thousand yards um he's getting a stupid amount of receptions and targets on an offense that is explosive he's proven the test a lot of tight ends suffer from injuries knock on wood but travis kelsey has surprisingly remained very healthy which tight end is definitely a position i mean you're a big guy you you block tackles you're on the offensive line you're very prone to injuries. Travis Kelsey has done a good job staying relatively healthy. He's just he's just that good. If 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 you want tight end, if that's a position that you don't want to worry about week in and week out, you get Kelsey. You plug him in every week, and you don't have to worry about it. He's he's I think he posted better stats than Gronk did at any point in his career last year. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's just ridiculous. Um, if you can get him, yeah. if that's something that you want to do. 
get Kelsey and just plug him and forget him for the rest of the year unless he gets hurt or during his bye week. I mean, it's some people like that strategy. Some people like not thinking about it every week. Different people have different opinions. I mean, if tight end is a position that you just want to stream, that's certainly an option that I find myself doing because Kelsey goes before I would want to draft him or I'm just not in that position that year to get the Gronkowski or Kelsey of that year. Yeah, uh, we can go into this a little bit. You know, it's I almost never pull a tight end. I've only done it once in the in the five years that I played fantasy football, and it was for Travis Kelsey, um, and I I ended up losing that season um, in the in the league that I pulled him in. But there's there's so much that can be done. Like last season I had Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram goes down. I pull up, I pull Eric Ebron up off of waivers and Eric Ebron finishes as the number, the number four tight end on last season. So, I mean, it's just things like that is it's such a finicky position. I I much rather go for some running back or, or wide receiver depth, because as you get into the later rounds, uh, the, the, the players that you're, you're, picking from there it's it's nasty sometimes it's 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 nasty crap it's nasty crap it's nasty crap sometimes um so i much rather go but like you said travis kelsey is he's a tier of his own uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about zach Ertz next he's our number two tight end zach Ertz last season set a record for receptions in a single season for a tight end so he had a record setting season and he came in second behind an average season for travis kelsey so that's that's just what it is um he's the only tight end that i'm pulling like if i if i get a, a rock star wide receiver or a rock star running back and um, I happen to be on the, you know, at the position where I can take David Montgomery in the fourth round on the turn instead of Travis Kelsey um, in the third round. Uh, that's the only time I would take, you know, Travis Kelsey's the only tight end I consider taking around there. But we'll move it along to Zach Ertz, um, who the aforementioned Zach Ertz set a record for receptions in a single season for a tight end last season, 116 receptions on 156 targets for 1163 yards and eight touchdowns. How's, how do you feel about Zach Ertz? I think you had him at three instead of two. Correct. So you just had, you had George Kittle just above him in your rankings. I mean, I feel like they're very close mm-hmm. that I don't feel like they're particularly different, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they're both on pretty good offenses. I think Ertz obviously had the lion's share of the receptions. I think Kittle ended up with more yards, but it's it's sort of here or there. I think Zach Ertz, especially towards the end of the season, was the red zone threat. I think people start off the year pretty disappointed in him, but he really turned it up to get the touchdowns in the second half of the year. Um. Mm-hmm. to me it's heads or tails because ultimately if I don't get Kelsey I'm probably not going to be getting a tight end until very late so these guys are off the table but I can easily argue this either way that you know both of these guys are in good situations they're guys that if you draft your same situation as Kelsey you plug them in every week you just don't even think about it uh, the bye week comes or an injury comes you're in trouble but 
these guys, you just put them in and forget about it. They're going to do their job yep. as filling your tight end spot and making you not worry about it. They're going to get touchdowns. They're going to get yards. Um, it's a weird position, and these guys are good. Yeah, the, the, the only thing that worries me about Zach Ertz you know, it was a record-setting season for him last last season. So re- regression is almost a a certainty here. It's it's almost a certainty that he is not going to do what he did last. Sure, season. but if you go back, the only go back to me, 2017, 2016, look at his numbers. He had eight touchdowns in 2017 and 824 yards. That still puts him as like tight end number three. Like. I oh mean, yeah, still... for sure. He's he's top three. I think he just gets a slight. You know, he's he's been doing this. The, the track record is there for Zach Ertz. I'm just saying it's people come out. I've seen it. I've seen people take him over Travis Kelsey. Um, I just have him at number two, slightly above George Kittle, um, just because he does have that track record. But I do. I think there's just going to be a slight, you know, slight amount of regression, and and that's it for me. I do think that the Eagles made a lot of moves this offseason to improve the offense. Um, they added Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. They've got some rookies. Um, they added some offensive line as well. They clearly want to be a high-powered offense. So if, if you're buying into that hype, I guess you could say that, yeah, his numbers might go up. But, yeah, I, I still don't think that he's going to post anywhere close to Kelsey numbers. Uh, once again, assuming they both mm-hmm. stay healthy. But yeah. I'm not getting him, so it's hard for me to have strong opinions. <laughs> yeah, especially especially with with these guys. Uh, George Kittle, a number three tight end. Uh, he had 88 receptions, 135 targets for 1,377 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, it was a bit of a breakout year last year for George Kittle. Um, you had Nick Mullins under center for a good portion of the year. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. That's the only downtick uh, to George Kittle for me. It It is not that going from Nick Mullins to Jimmy Garoppolo is a – is a uh, <laughs> a downgrade, but uh, you know they're losing the consistency they had in Nick Mullins last season. You don't know uh, what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do if he's going to target the tight end just as much. I, I mean, I expect him to, uh, but I also expect him to to air the ball out a little bit more. So, you know, I think George Kittle he's he's safe at three. Yeah. I, I think the only negative thing I can say about George Kittle is that last year I drafted him in the last round as like a, oh, I need a tight end. And it paid off in a big way. <laughs> I got him in like three You're leagues. And I was just like, yeah, he, 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 uh, he had a good last two games of 2017. I'll see what he can do. Um, yeah, I won't be able to do that this year. Not at all. The hype has been realized and people will be drafting him. Not me, but uh, he's, in the third, fourth, he's probably going to be gone fourth, fifth. in the third, fourth, fifth. So um, I wish him all the best. I th- I think Nick Mullins obviously um, was his college QB, so they had this like thing. Um, but even under whoever the hell was throwing to him in 2017, he he did good those last couple games. Um, I think it was Garoppolo, right? So it's like that's the track record that you're reflecting back to uh, I, I think he's a talent and obviously the 49ers have high hopes with their offense again this year now that Garoppolo is healthy yep. again so you got to think that I think he's a safe number three 
or two is where I put him. Um, once again, it's like Kittle and Ertz are like the other two tight ends that you're like, I can plug and sit these mm-hmm. guys for the whole year. Right, right, I'm, a, I'm right after this is is where the question marks start. <laughs> right after this, a big it is, ju- is just a hodgepodge of of who. who I goes do think where. once again, um, the thing the thing that is like weirdly good about all three of these guys is that they have stayed very healthy. Um, they've both had very few injury they've missed five games combined between the two of them for the last two years or between the three of them yeah, for the last two of years um Mertz played 16 games last year uh it's it's just a concern with tight end it's just such a position that is prone to injury think about jordan reed and uh jeez oh, I, I think he's <laughs> there's people like that i mean uh greg olson yep. I mean, we're gonna talk about some of the other guys but they they sit out a lot, so it's a, it's a position that's prone to injury, and these guys have stayed healthy. Um, you know, I don't want to jinx them or anything, but it, you, you set it and forget it, and it's nice not to worry about that position week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so we'll leave the the safety of the top three tight ends, and we'll uh, we're gonna get into the question marks <laughs> here. Um, number four, uh, this is a guy that I liked a lot last year. I like him a lot this year. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to go in a draft at a, a, a price that I'm willing to pay, but Evan Ingram, 45 receptions on 64 targets for 577 yards for three and three touchdowns. Uh, he's poised to be the lead, if not the only pass catcher for the New York giants. Um, only four tight ends have logged more yardage in their first two seasons than Evan Ingram. And those are Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, George Kittle, and Aaron Hernandez. And that's with Evan Ingram missing six games in his first two seasons. <laughs> so uh, what are your feelings on, on Ingram? I like him. I think we both put him at four. I think the question marks for me are his ability to stay healthy. He missed like you said, eight games yep. last year. Um, at some point in the season, depending on how the Giants are doing, there will be a transition to Daniel Jones. Um, we talk crap about Eli, but uh, he's at least won two Super Bowls. He has something in his gas tank still. Um, you have to think that when they transition, there'll be sort of a learning curve where Evan Ingram might see some sort of regression, at least for a little bit. Um, so that's sort of concerning. But in the last five games um, from last year, he was the number three tight end. Um, mm-hmm. So if he's healthy and even with Eli Manning and whatever that offense was last year, he's good. He has the talent. He was super hyped at the beginning of the year, and it was unfortunate that he got hurt. Um if he can stay healthy, big if, but if he can stay healthy and Eli can sort of get a couple wins so that they keep him playing, um, I like Evan Ingram. Once yeah. again, he, not going to be drafting he, him, he, but if you're one of those people who's yeah. wanting to take a, a, not necessarily a risk, I think he has a lot of upside potential. I think he could be the number one, two, or three tight end if injuries or you know he just somehow breaks out and finds his groove. Um, but I just, 
there are question marks. There's a, there's some concerns here, which is why he's in a tier. Yeah, he, he, he is, he's a beast. And typically when, when you have a quarterback change, like when a backup comes in, the people that the benefits that are either the uh, the seasoned wide receivers like like a Larry Fitzgerald or it's the tight end because nine times out of ten they're throwing under coverage um, they're right there so so if you know the the change happens from Eli to Daniel Jones I think Evan Ingram and Saquon are the only two who are saved from from too much of a regression. Um, whoever they're throwing the ball to uh, in the wide receiver category at that point, I think they're going just going to immediately drop off the face of the earth um, for for a couple of weeks. But I think Ingram will be fine, and he's it's it's just his health, like you said. That's the biggest issue for me. As long as he's healthy, I'm not worried to. I'm I'm not worried whatsoever. Um. The the offense is suspect, yes, uh, but he's going to get all the volume he needs to compensate for that. Uh, just because the offense is so suspect, <laughs> so um, if it's if it's okay with you, uh, I'd like to move through these these bottom these bottom six uh, rapid fire <laughs> pace, just because it's it's a little dirty down here. Uh, we'll go straight to our number five guy, OJ Howard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had 34 receptions on 48 targets for 565 yards and five touchdowns. Um, we mentioned it last week with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You have you have Adam Humphreys uh, going to Tennessee. You have Deshaun Jackson going to Philadelphia. OJ Howard started to breakout from from beneath Cameron Brait last season. Um, I've, I've been high on Howard since they drafted him. So I think I think we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get our fair share of OJ this season. Uh, I definitely think he's going to, to to come up in the target share they had last season. I think you're gonna see the touchdowns come up. Um, Brait Brait was a touchdown monster for Jameis. Um, I think Howard is going to step up and take that mantle. Yep. If we're doing rapid fire, I agree with all those points. He has good upside for sure. For sure. Um, So we'll move along here. Uh, Hunter Henry of the Los Angeles Chargers uh, did not play last season. Uh, I missed the season with an ACL injury. So coming back a full steam ahead, uh, Prior to missing last season, he he broke out in the 2017 season. He was he was under Antonio Gates at that point. He was coming into the tight end position on on a high powered offense. Um, what what's your outlook for Hunter Henry? I think it's great. I mean, if he if I think his ADP rises if he plays some preseason games and people can see that he's the tight end that he was. Yep. I mean, anytime a player misses an entire year, you have some concern, but um, 2017, he broke out and that was with Antonio Gates, Philip rivers. We know likes throwing to the tight end, um, especially for touchdowns, which is what you want from a tight end. They can, that can win your week or make the difference because it's just so rare if you're not getting one of those top three guys. Um, 
uh, I think the hype is there. He's got the talent. Um, you just sort of want to see that he still has it and be definitely looking at him in the preseason. Once again, I probably won't be getting a tight end, but um, if, if, if the talent's still there and he looks healthy, like I'd be excited if I somehow he fell to me and I felt confident with my team at that point that I could maybe plug him in and get a guy like that I could just leave for the rest of the season. I think he certainly has a potential to do that if he stays healthy. Um, but you sort of want to see yeah, how he looks. Uh, this is where you get a lot of name value in Hunter Henry. Um, the sample size is small. What we've seen. I mean, the talents there. Um, I, I personally, <laughs> I, I'm not drafting Hunter Henry. I feel like at this point you're almost drafting on name alone. Um, yes, the, the, the talents there, there's a bit of a track record. Um, but I'd much rather go with one of these other guys uh, at a, a much later round. Um, like we're going to talk about here. Both of us are talking about this as if, you know, we would draft these guys. But yep. I think after a certain point, if I can't get Kelsey Kittle or Ertz in a position that I feel like I'm not like reaching mm-hmm. for them, I'm not getting any of these guys. I'm getting one of these bottom of the pack guys like eight, nine, ten, or maybe even someone after that because there's too many other talented, like potential upside receivers and running backs that I'd rather have on my bench. Whereas, you know, I can find the George Kittle of last year, just the breakout tight end that yeah, no absolutely. one saw coming. I think the potential of that is just as good as any of these other guys having a good year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him towards the back half of the lift. I mean, one of the guys that I target in, in every draft when it comes to that and didn't even make our top 10 consensus wise. So, I mean, that just shows you the, the time that you can wait to pull the trigger on someone um, our number seven guy, uh, Eric Ebron of the Indianapolis Colts, 66 receptions, 110 targets, 750 yards, 13 touchdowns. He was a touchdown monster last season. I got him off of waivers. Uh, you know, I love, love the offense in Indianapolis. Love the, love the court, Andrew Luck throwing him the football. Um, I love the, the potential there. Uh, the only thing for me is you have Jack Doyle returning, who is also a, a huge, a huge target of Andrew Luck. So I, uh, no way he gets double digits touchdowns this year. No yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only <laughs> thing for me is, uh, I see the touchdowns going down. I see the target share going down. I think, I think Doyle is a huge, huge threat, um, to Ebron. I, I had him ranked 10. Uh, in my rankings. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was super low on Ebron. Uh, you had him ranked seven, right where our consensus is. What what are your feelings on him? I, I, all the things you said are great. I, I still feel like the pattern has been made. I do feel like um, as, as much as he will have a regression in touchdowns, Andrew Luck loves throwing to the tight end in the it. red zone. So, Doyle is probably going to steal some of these touchdowns and it's unfortunate because you're not going to know who gets them, but Ebron's still going to have that touchdown potential every week. Whereas unlike some of these other guys who just, it's a crap shoot. They they're going to get three or four touchdowns a year. And it's like, 
I think Ebron it still at least has a better chance of getting a touchdown just because of the way Andrew Luck throws the ball. Yeah. So at this point, you're looking for a tight end that can maybe get you a touchdown each week, and I feel like Eric Ebron still has that potential. Absolutely. No way he gets double digits, but I could easily see him getting like five or six still, yeah. which would be crazy for a tight yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, he should. He sh- even, I mean, even a down here, even with that five, six, he'd be uh, towards mm-hmm. the top of the heap. Only a handful of, only a, exactly. a couple of guys beat that. Um, Got that last year. So mm-hmm. Ebron, for me, that's the only thing, a bit of regression. And anytime that I have question marks about, target share or or if it's going this way or that way i hate running back you know running backs by committee um so with doyle coming back that's just too many question marks for me that's probably why i'm so low on him like i said i did pick him up last year loved it um you just gotta look for situation i mean if doyle goes down again for whatever reason yeah, I will say if Doyle or Ebron goes down at this anytime Either this year, is, get is, the get the other one that's healthy. top five almost. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, chugging along here, uh, Vance McDonald, uh, the reverse of of Eric Ebron. You've got Jesse James <laughs> gone. You've got Antonio Brown don- gone. Vance McDonald, fifty receptions on seventy two yards, six hundred and ten. Uh, on 72 targets, 72. Vance, you got Vance McDonald, 50 receptions. You got Vance McDonald on 50 receptions, <laughs> 72 targets, uh, 610 yards, four touchdowns. You know, I think I think McDonald's gonna be a machine this season. I know, a, you know, a bunch of targets are going to go Juju, uh, but I think you know Antonio Brown had 15 touchdowns last season. I, and Ben Roethlisberger loved throwing to Jesse James. You had Vance McDonald start, you know, really start cracking it uh, towards, you know, the halfway point of last season. Um, you know, I think Vance McDonald has a good chance of being the Eric Ebron of last season uh, in 2019. I think he's a good value pick with a lot of upside. If it, it, I think you're sort of taking a chance because, I just there are games where he'll probably get like one target and one reception for like 20 yards that's just how the Steelers sometimes play the ball but um that the upside is there I feel like he's gonna have weeks where he gets I think he had like there's that one game last year where he just had that he just drug a guy down. It was and he got the uh, it was against whole crowd Tampa Bay, up and then and he, he gets he that long broke, touchdown. Uh, Chris Conley's uh, collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, he definitely has the potential to hype up his uh, offense, and he's a fun player to watch. But I still think he'll have those games where he just does nothing because Ben Roethlisberger is not. He's he throws to the tight end, but it's not like his go-to. We'll see what happens with yeah, Antonio. I think Don, I but. think there's a lot of potential there. I think he eats up a lot of what uh, Antonio Brown left behind this season. So I I like him. He's one of the guys that I'm targeting in drafts at the tight end position. Uh, David Njoku from Wayne's favorite Cleveland Browns. The hype train continues. 56 receptions on 88 targets <laughs> for 639 yards and four touchdowns for David Njoku. Um, you know, he, 
what more can you say about Njoku and that Browns offense? Uh, Wayne, take it away. I know you love talking about him. <laughs> so <laughs> I we, I can talk him up. I think that he's very athletic. I I like him a lot as a player. I, I ended up streaming him quite a bit last season. I feel like he can definitely improve his touchdown total if the Cleveland offense lives up to the hype that we're putting them up for i think he could once again be top 10 which is all you really want from a tight end um he's young talented athletic good stuff got a young qb throwing to him a lot of hype only concern there's just so many mouths to feed on that offense they can only score so many touchdowns a week and you got obj you got landry you got chubb i just uh, i don't know I feel like he's easily another player where you're going to have weeks where he gets you like one or two points and you're upset. Um, but he's a good blocker and he's going to have some good games. And if if you're buying into the Cleveland hype, might as well buy into this guy because yeah, his production no, lives and dies. With I how think good they I'm do high each on week, David Joku, just like you said. Each each guy in that offense plays a role to me. Um, and I think David Njoku is, is going to be a heavy target for them, um, in, in the red zone. So, uh, up, up into the 20, um, I think they're definitely going to try to run the football and utilize him under the 10. Um, and you got, you know, high flying guys like OBJ and Jarvis Landry. So I definitely think he's, he's got a, a makeup that, that puts him into a position, um, for a, a great touchdown year. Um, I don't see, you know, the ridiculous Ertz or Kelsey level of, of receptions by any stretch of the imagination. But I think uh, there's definitely the ability for him to catch a lot of touchdowns next season. I think uh, yeah. I've said before, I think the Browns offense is going to live in the red zone. Um, and I think that's, that's where he's going to make his hay. And speaking of playing the, speaking of playing the Bucks twice a year, and speaking of playing the Bucks twice a year, uh, a guy who is not in my top 10, Jared Cook, uh, on 68 receptions, on 101 targets, 896 yards, six touchdowns. Um, hop on this one. Jared Cook, now with the New Orleans Saints, you know, he, he's coming off of a an awesome year, number five tight end last season, played in Oakland. And now he's moving to the Saints. For me, I think that's a step back for Jared Cook. Not because the not because the Oakland Raiders offense is better than the New Orleans Saints <laughs> offense, or Derek Carr is is a highly touted quarterback better than than Drew Brees. Um, I think it's it's a step back for Jared Cook because he's moving from the Oakland Raiders, where a, a number of the times he towards the back half of last season, he, he was the only person who was there to catch a football. <laughs> he, it was either Jared cook or Seth Roberts. Um, yeah. you know, it so, was Jared cook or the, the flavor of the week wide receiver. <laughs> and so now he's stepping into a saints offense where it's, it's been a minute since Drew Brees had an elite tight end. He, he's got pieces around him that he uses regularly. He's got Alvin Kamara, um, to catch passes out of the backfield. He's got Michael Thomas. Um, you know, it's, I, I think 
Jared Cook is not going to have the opportunity they had in Oakland as he has, you know, as he's going to have in New Orleans. To me, so I will, I will agree with you that he will have regression. I I also think that he benefited from the fact that the Oakland Raiders had nothing, um, and he was an easy safety pick for Carr. But even if he has regression, he can still be a top ten. Um, I like him up there because I am once again a believer that the Saints switched around this year. Mark Ingram's gone. I feel like Drew Brees is going to air the ball out a lot more. Um, and Jared Cook, even with regression, I still think he finds the end zone uh, a decent number of times. I still feel like he gets the receptions and the yards. Even if they're lower than what they were in Oakland, I still feel like when you're in this position, you're looking for guys that are at the bottom of the barrel, like all these guys that we're sort of talking about. I just I want to be on a team where I'm throwing the ball, scoring points. Yeah. I just the more opportunity, the better. And Jared Cook will have the opportunity week in and week out to get that touchdown, to get those yards, and to get those receptions. Yeah, Some of these other guys, not yeah, so much. Yeah, and you know, let me let me be frank. It's not like he was buried in my rankings. He was just outside of my top ten. Um, if it, if it wasn't for Austin Hooper, he would be in my top 10. Austin Hooper is a guy that, that didn't make our ranks. He was, he was who I had number six. Um, he was, uh, number seven. He was the number six tight end last season, you know, and the only thing for me is, you know, with Austin Hooper, he's the only person whose, whose situation has changed the least. Jared Cook is on a completely new team. Uh, Eric Ebron has sure. Jack Doyle coming back. David Njoku, they got OBJ coming, you know, coming back in. Hunter Henry, he's coming back off a season they did not play. You know, so uh, that was the only thing for me was was the change there. Um, but you're a hundred percent right. When you get into this this these back of the pack guys, you're looking for that touchdown production. You're looking for you know at the offense as a whole. Uh, you know, with with our bottom five, you've got Hunter Henry on the Chargers, Eric Ebron on the Colts, Vance McDonald on the Steelers, David and Joko on the Browns, and Jared Cook, and on the Saints. You know, those are five of the you know top ten def- top ten offenses this season. So you're just looking for that touchdown mm-hmm. capability. Uh, it's not a huge reception position. Uh, it's not a huge yardage position. I like I like Austin Hooper as well. He was my eleven. Okay. Um, you should have made him number ten. That there. Way, we could have put him in there. I, I he almost made it. Um, it's but only solely because he plays the Bucks twice. That's the only reason. That's that's a huge out a plus for me. <laughs> Anytime you play the Bucks, it's bonus points. It's gravy. Um, so that wraps up our top ten. And that's that's why we were talking the way we were about about that draft strategy. We'll go a little more in depth in the draft strategy um, after we do the uh, the top ten quarterbacks next week. All right. This this is fun. This is real. So you got it. You heard it here first. These are your top ten tight ends from the fantasy football heroes next week. Doing the top ten quarterbacks. You're gonna have some pr- surprises coming up in those rankings uh, i'm looking forward to it uh anything else you want to tell the listeners wayne uh if if you're drafting this week good luck good luck uh tell your commissioner changes next week unless you have a a (laughs) sneaky hunch um if you are take david montgomery in the third round 
Alrighty, that's the show. We are the Fantasy Football Heroes. Catch us on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Heroes Podcast. Look us up on YouTube. Uh, that is one of the many places you can find these podcasts ever each and every week. And we will see you next time. Deuces. Deuces.